Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. If you are looking for information on how to prepare for a bear hunt, what to get, how to pack, this is the episode for you. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast and YouTube channel, helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanidis, and today we are talking about preparation for bear hunting. Now, I've done a couple episodes in the past on bear hunting. You can find those on the website, newhuntersguide.com. Go to the categories, click bear hunting. Um, so this is not starting from scratch or from a vacuum. Also, I'm going to make some other assumptions here. And one of the assumptions I'm going to make is that if you're thinking about going bear hunting or preparing for a bear hunt, chances are you are not a brand new hunter. You may be brand new to bear hunting, but you've probably hunted something else. Maybe you've hunted deer, maybe you've hunted turkey, maybe you've hunted waterfowl, small game, something. This is probably not your first hunting rodeo. You're probably not jumping in at square one going after bears. If that's the case, this will still be helpful for you, but you need to build up some general hunting knowledge and awareness because to start from scratch and just talk about all the different skills and facets of hunting, that's going to take 20 episodes. And I've already done those 20 episodes, which you can find at newhuntersguide.com or iTunes or anywhere else. But on the website, I have listed them by category and by topic, so you can sift through and find out all kind of stuff. So that said, there's lots there. First steps, that's probably the category you want to start with if you're brand new to hunting, period. And I've got general category, and then you can go buy game, whatever you're hunting, and zero in more or whatever you're interested in. So I'm going to assume you have some hunting experience whenever we're talking about bear hunting, because that's usually going to be the case. But if not, you can still get what you need 
I've got literally hundreds of episodes out there and you can glean and draw from whatever. So let's talk about bear hunting. Now, when people talk about preparing for a bear hunt, there's a really big question that you need to ask. And really, the answer to this question drives everything. The specifics on how you pack or how you prepare or what you get ready, all of it depends on the answer to this question. And the question is this, where is the battlefield? All right, where are you going to hunt? And there's two main answers to that question. One, are you choosing the battlefield? Is it local to you? Or two, are you going far, far away? Are you traveling to the battlefield? So a lot of people, depends on where you live. Now, bears are a lot more pervasive in the U.S. than, say, elk would be. So you can hunt bear in a lot more states than you can hunt elk. Um, so a lot more people could hunt bears where they live. That said, there are still destination areas for bear hunting. And I'm particularly focusing on black bear hunting, guys. Yeah, there are brown bears and Kodiak bears and all sorts of crazy bears out there. Um, but most people who are bear hunting, especially the ones I think that are listening to this channel, you're starting out at least with black bear hunting. But some of these principles will still carry forward and transfer for other kinds of bears. So where's the battlefield? If the battlefield is local to you, and where you live, then the gear, the prep, everything that you need, you can control that 100%. All right, you can choose where you're gonna go. You can go out there and you can scout for days, weeks, months in advance. You can learn the lay of the land. You can look for sign. You can figure out what kind of terrain. You can find out what it looks like at that time of the year. You can do everything that you need to do in advance. And most importantly of all, you can go on the days that you want to go. All right, so that makes all the difference in the world. You can decide, I'm only going to hunt if it's 50 degrees and warm, or excuse me, and sunny and dry. And that's it. If, it's, if those aren't the conditions aren't met, I'm not going out. And you can control that. And so you can determine what you already have gear to hunt in, what you already have equipment to hunt with, and then you can match the battlefield and the weather and the circumstances to what you already have. But if you're traveling, if you're going across the country and you're going to go to an outfitter or just public land in another state far away, you're setting aside the time in advance. We're going to go on this week and we're going to drive or fly or sail or whatever and get there and we're going to hunt these days. Well, if that's the case, you're stuck. You have to prepare for less than ideal conditions. You have to prepare for terrain and circumstances that you don't know, you can't scout, you can't control. So if you're hunting locally and, and somewhere within you know a day's, a day's drive for a hunt of where you live, you have a lot of control. The gear that you need to hunt there is completely up to you because you're controlling what's going to happen, when you're going to go out, where you're going to go. If you scout an area, you say, oh man, I don't have the gear to hunt here. 
Well, you just don't hunt there. You go scout and find another area. If you figure out, you know, I only have gear that'll keep me warm to certain temperature, or I can only hike so far in these boots, well, then you can pick places to hunt that you're only going to go out on those temperatures and you're only going to hike so far. And in those circumstances, you just you just only go out if it, if it matches your criteria for the gear you have or the physical fitness and level of ability that you have. Now, where that gets complicated is depending on your state, your season may be short. So if you're hunting bears where I live in Pennsylvania, the gun season for bear is relatively brief. It's just... It's only a few days. However, if you're hunting bear archery, you have a lot longer that you can do it. And other states are going to vary wildly in how long the seasons are and what you can use during those seasons and so on. But say if you only have a three to five day gun season and you're only interested in hunting with a gun, well then you lose some of your, your variability there. You lose some of your control. Right, because you, you've got to hunt during those days, but you can still pick where you hunt. You can still pick the way you're going to hunt. You can iron all those details out in advance, and then you can focus your energy and your preparation towards variations in the weather only because you've chosen the terrain and you've cho- chosen the circumstances. So in that scenario... The gear is just whatever you figure you need or you have to hunt in those situations. There's not really like special bear gear, more or less, that's, you know, different from any other kind of hunting. You know, turkey gear has some specific things you need to it. Um, You know, people like to wear vests. You got to have a be able to seat so you can get down quickly. You need something to hold all your calls so you can access them quick and quiet in the dark. You need to be covered in camo from head to toe. Most of the time, you're going to be hunting just right there on the ground in the open. And so there's some specialized equipment. You might have some decoys and so on. Deer hunting, there's some specialized equipment, but not as much. Waterfowl hunting, there's more specialized equipment. But when it comes to bear hunting, there's not that much special gear or special equipment. The number one most special thing that you need to be mindful of when bear hunting is going to be the wind. Okay, you've got to play the wind. Bears are masters of the wind. That's going in another direction than what the focus of this episode is on. But, you know, in terms of bear hunting, there's no special, at least there's not any significant amount of special bear stuff that you need to get started. You know, just like anything, if you go far enough and you go deep enough, yeah, there will be specialized gear that you can get that's specific to that pursuit. So that's available, but that's absolutely not required. You don't need anything ultra specialized for bear hunting. What you need is gear that will allow you to hunt the area and terrain. So if you're going to hunt bear from a tree, you need a tree stand. That's no different than deer hunting. If you're going to hunt bear on foot walking, you need the ability to walk in a place that you can walk, preferably one where there's bears. If you're going to build a blind on high ground and hunt from there, well, you just need that spot and whatever tools you need to build the blind. If you're going to use a pop-up blind somewhere, well, then you need that. 
right? But none of that is really specific to bear hunting. Those are just different strategies and different things you need to keep in mind. The X factor comes in when you're traveling. So if you're going to go across the country to hunt black bears in, I don't know, Nebraska, well, you need to figure out where you're going to hunt there. If you're going to go to an outfitter or if you've got a guide, they should be able to give you input. You must talk to them far in advance. What will I need? What's the terrain like? What's the hunt like? What's the weather normally like that time of year? You want to figure this stuff out as early as you can so you can begin to prepare. Now, one of the ways, one of the most common, practical, popular ways that people hunt bear is on foot. They hunt them on foot. They, they hike. They look for high ground. They scout. They get binoculars. They spend a lot of time glassing. They're trying to find bears on hillsides and mountains and moving and through meadows and wherever. And you need to be able to climb stuff. You need to be able to do a lot. You got to have a lot of physical capability. Um, you don't want to carry a whole lot with you because you might be traveling far. You're going to need boots that you can walk miles and miles in. And then, of course, if you get a bear, you got to have an exit strategy. That is one of the very common ways that bears are hunted. And if you're going to hunt like that, you need to have gear to hunt like that. It's going to be very similar to some elk hunting in a lot of ways. And, uh, you know, some of the tactics are going to be different, but a lot of the gear that you need is, can be very, very close. Now, some people hunt bears out of a tree stand. They scout, they look, and they hunt them very similar to the way they hunt bears. They figure out their movement patterns. They figure out where they come from, where they go. And uh, then they set up there and that can work just fine. But if you're traveling and you're going across country to hunt bear, chances are you're not going to be hunting them at a tree stand. This is just not often the way that it's done. You are going to be hunting them on foot, either solo or with a group or with a guide. And you're going to be covering ground and you're going to be looking for high ground. You know, to, to travel to Nebraska, to sit in a tree stand for a week to hunt bears. I'm not saying it doesn't ever happen and it can't be done, but that's just not usually the way it goes down. So you need to have the gear to, to that can carry you for distance. You got to have gear that's resistant to the elements, but it's not too heavy. You got to have gear that's going to keep you dry, keep you warm, even when you get wet. So in those situations, you need to have options, right? Because you could get there and say it's warmer than you expected, but you've only got this zero degree parka. Well, if you're hiking and it's 50 out and you're wearing a zero degree parka, you're going to be a mess. So you got to have options. It could be colder than you thought it was going to be. So you got to have layers. You got to have extra stuff. You have to have things you could mix and match, which means you need to have more gear. So you got to have you know, either more equipment, you got to spend more money and it's harder to get away with junk gear when you're hunting like that. All right. When it comes to hunting deer out of a tree stand, there is a lot of cheap stuff you can use to make it work your first few seasons. In fact, some people do it their whole life and they go their whole life just using the cheapest gear money can buy, but you can make it work for things like that. 
because the gear is just sitting on you. You're not climbing. You're not hiking. You're not covering 10, 20 miles in a day. You're not climbing mountains. You get into a tree stand and you sit there. And you're, you're either going to stay warm or you're going to get cold. And how cold are you going to get? And But then again, you can control the days that you go out. And if it's too cold for your gear, you just don't go out. Or you go out and you spy, spend a lot of money on high quality gear so you can hunt in colder weather. Now, if you've, if you've listened to a lot of my episodes in the past, you know that I'm an advocate for being resourceful. Okay, you do not need to go and buy $500 bibs and a $500 parka. You don't need to go and buy $280 boots in order to start hunting. You don't need to buy $150 base layers to get out into the woods. That's ridiculous. However, all of those things have a place. Right? So I believe new hunters can hunt very Spartan. They can be resourceful. They can figure out if they like hunting and to what degree they like hunting and how much they want to invest in this. And then they can pick their weather and they can pick their battleground so that whatever budget they have and whatever gear they have, they can hunt with that budget and that gear and they can have fun. But having more budget and more gear provides you with more flexibility. All right. If you go to Ollie's, which uh, I don't even know if they have those nationally. It's one of those discount stores that gets who knows what whenever they get it. And off brands could be, you know, stuff that was just overstock, oversold, discontinued, was so bad no one would buy it. Um, You get some good stuff there too sometimes. But you could go there and you could get a whole set of thermals for $5. All right, tops and bottoms, you know, long underwear. But then you, you get the nice ones that are black, right? So they don't look like underwear. So you got base layers, soda called. That will do just fine if you're sitting in a tree stand when it's 55 and calm and you've got, you know, a couple layers of sweatshirts and sweatpants and some kind of jacket on. And you know what? That $5 will do the job in those conditions. But now if it's 20 degrees and windy and you start sweating climbing up in the tree stands, now you're sitting up there and your base layer soaked through and you're wearing sweatpants and uh, you know a sport or, uh, you know a coat from your favorite football team, well, you know what? You're just not that's not going to work you're going to be freezing long before prime hunting hours comes and goes. All right, so having that cheap gear can get you into the game, but you're not going to be able to play in all conditions. All right, but you can still do just fine under reasonable conditions with cheap gear. Now, what does the $100 and $150 layers get you? Well, they get you a lot warmer, but they get you more than that. They get you the ability to retain heat when they're wet. They get you the ability to move and be comfortable walking miles in them without chafing, without stinking, without just getting wetter and wetter and heavier and heavier because they wick moisture and evaporate moisture. And that makes a difference if you're hiking 10 and 20 miles and climbing mountains. That is when you're actively pushing the capabilities and the performance of your gear.
So, you know, I'm not one that says you need to spend all this big money to get all the best gear that's out there. However, you have to, you just need to be realistic and say, okay, whatever gear level you have, whether you are at the cheapest, bottom of the barrel, you mean you got $30 a year for your gear budget, or whether you're wearing, you know, decked out in First Light or Sitka or Kui, you know, or anywhere in between, you just need to know, okay, where is my gear level and what conditions and under what situations will that gear allow me to perform at a level that's comfortable enough for my preferences. All right, and there's lots and lots of other brands and lots of other types of gear. And, you know, something a lot of people don't realize is that you gotta have options, right? I have several different coats, parkas. I've got a, a big, thick, super heavy, insulated Gore Tex parka that I use for deer hunting. I've got another one just similar to it that is uh, a little more water resistant and not as warm that I use for duck hunting. And people say, why would you use one that's not as warm for duck hunting? Well, the answer is because duck hunting is a lot more movement. There's a lot more activity. There are periods of just sitting still, but it's not just a whole day of sitting still. And there's also a lot more weather. So I need to keep that weather out. It's a much bigger deal. I'm not often going to go out in the rain to hunt deer. But I will happily trudge into the rain to hunt ducks. It's, it's a bizarre thing. But that's another episode. But I've got those two different parkas. Now the one I bought on sale with a coupon, with a gift card, and spent very little of my own cash money. The other one my wife got at a thrift store for $20. It was a $400 coat, 20 bucks. You know, like, well, how do you, how do you find those kind of things? Well, you just keep your eyes open for years and every now and then you find a gem. But I've got other coats. I've got a cheap coat and I'm looking at them right now. I've got a cheap coat that, uh, I don't know, I think I paid $40 for it, something like that from a big box store and it's nothing special about it but there's days when I use that instead of the super duper heavy parkas because it's just not that cold and I've got another coat here that's what a Carhartt camo coat it's sort of a work slash hunting coat that's a great coat for me to wear when I'm hunting on on the move because I can't wear a Gore-Tex insulated parka when I'm walking and hiking and so something that a lot of people will do is they will go and they will buy the heaviest duty, warmest set of gear money can buy, right? They will spend $1,000 on a matching set of bibs and parka of Sitka or First Light or someone else. And they'll have, you know, the highest tier possible of the warmest gear that exists. What they don't realize is you can really only use that gear if in certain conditions. You can't wear that gear every hunt. That's only going to be for your coldest, wettest, or windiest days where you're going to be able to use that gear. It's just going to be too warm to use when it's 55 and sunny. You're, you're just going to sweat and pour sweat and it's going to be uncomfortable 
and you're just not going to be able to do it. Or if you're walking and climbing mountains, that stuff is so heavy. You're talking about bibs that might weigh six pounds and a, and a parka that weighs similar. And it's so warm, but it's so heavy and bulky. And you're not climbing a mountain wearing that. You're, you're just, you're going to be done before you get started. That gear has its time. It has its place. But people spend all this money on really expensive gear, and it is good gear, but it can only be used for so many things. And then they don't have anything that's lightweight. They don't have anything that's good for when they're moving. They don't have anything for other hunting scenarios or times of the year that's any good, and then they're out there using junk. So you'd be better off not spending $1,000 on a matching set of bibs and parka, and buying a couple different cheaper pieces that better fit different times when you might go out, that better fit different conditions. So you've got what you can wear. If it's real cold, if it's moderately cold, if it's warm, or if you're on the move, you have different things that you can mix and match, layers and options and opportunities. And of course, all these companies, they sell all that gear. They sell the different kits and, you know, they'll sell you, you know, warm, cold and freezing version, or they might have five different tiers. And of course, every tier, there's thousands of dollars worth of gear that you can have. And, you know, of course they want you to buy it all and it's all good. And, you know, if I had the money, I'd buy it all, but most people don't, right? So you have to figure this thing out. And you have to find different pieces of gear that you can mix and match. Not everything has to be expensive to be effective. And I've done episodes on how to stay warm. I've done videos. I've done podcasts. And you know the, 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 the core principle is layers and barriers. You need layers and you need barriers. Layers retain heat. Barriers keep the wind and the, and the weather out. And if you have layers and barriers, whether they're cheap or expensive, you can get through most situations. But that's for cold weather hunts. When you're on the move, if you're hunting bears on foot, just like if you're elk hunting on foot, and often it could be in the exact same kind of weather, you need to be able to move. You need clothing that's going to keep you dry, but it's going to keep you warm, but it's not going to overheat you. You've got clothing that's going to have to be able to evaporate moisture, and you have to be able to keep going. Now, there are options that you can use to, um, what's a, what's a, what's a nice way to say this? If you have junk gear, I'll just say it like that. There are ways that you can make that go further. Okay. One option is changing in the field. All right. So say all, say the only base layers you have are the $5 ones that you got from the discount store. You don't want to buy the set of two or $300 for the whole set tops and bottoms of high-grade merino wool base layers. Can't blame you. That's a lot of money. So what can you do to, to make that cheap gear take you further? Well, you could bring a couple sets of base layers. You have, if you have to have base layers on to, to try to wick moisture or at least absorb the moisture, then you could just take them off in the middle of the day and put a fresh pair on. Cool down, dry off. You know, if you've hiked to the top of the mountain, and you're sitting there glassing, and now once you started to cool down and you're not sweating anymore and you start getting cold because your base layers are soaked through and they're not going to evaporate on this side of Kingdom Come, you just take them off, put them in a bag, put a fresh pair on. 
Those cheap base layers are light. They don't weigh much of anything. You could carry an extra pair or two. Same thing with socks. You know, if you don't want to buy the really good socks that you can hike all day in, they're going to keep your feet dry, wick moisture and all that, you could just bring a couple pairs, a couple changes of your regular socks. So, you know, for example, I really like the darn tough, uh, heavy-duty, heavyweight hunter sock. You know, made of merino wool, lifetime warranty. No, they are not a sponsor. Though I did reach out to them once and they never replied. If you're listening, darn tough, I was trying to get a hold of you. But um, they make a great sock. It's just really, really nice sock. All right, they're 30 bucks a pair. Now they have a lifetime guarantee. For a sock, that's pretty impressive. But they're 30 bucks a pair. And that's about the top tier of sock. The best socks out there, there's a few different brands that make comparable socks. First Light has one. There's a few others. But they're all about 30 to $35 a pair. Well, that would be ideal for this kind of active moving bear hunting. But you don't want to spend $35 on socks. So you get two or three pairs of your you know, semi-wool, polyester, whatever, you know, you bought them for a bundle pack of three pairs for six bucks, you just bring all three pairs, okay, rotate them, same time you change your base layers, change out your socks, you're like, well, I have to carry some extra gear, yes, you will, you will have to carry some extra gear, but it's easier to carry a little extra gear than to spend hundreds of extra dollars on higher grade gear when you don't have the money so you can use some tips and tricks like this you know layer up and layer down like all right we're gonna climb that mountain hold on let me take a layer off and put it in my backpack yeah it would be more convenient to have the gear that's more breathable moisture wicking and has better evaporative properties but uh you know hey this stuff's not cheap so let me just take a layer off open up my coat or just tie my coat to my backpack and then climb up once you cool down, you stop sweating, you dry off, you put the layer back on. So, you know, there's a workarounds. There's things that you can do to, to make your gear go further. All right. You know, I've talked about this before. Um, you know, people don't have money to buy good insulated boots. Well, take your cheap boots, throw a, a hand warmer pack in them. The kind that as soon as they hit air, boom, they just start to heat up. Well, you can get a lot more mileage out of a cheap pair of boots in colder conditions for a dollar than it would be to, to go out and buy a good pair of insulated boots. That said, I think boots are one of the most important pieces of gear you can buy, but you know what? All this stuff costs money and each piece costs a chunk of change. And if you're going to go out for your first season of bear hunting, you know, you're, you, you shouldn't have to invest thousands of dollars in gear in order to be able to hunt bears. You don't need to. You don't need to. Let me just say it like that. You can work around it. All right? So if you're choosing the battlefield and you have time so you can only hunt the days and conditions that you want, you just you just hunt with whatever gear you have. Now, people talk about camo and colors. What do you need? Special bear camo patterns. Guys, brown is, is all you need. You just need stuff that's brown-ish. Sure, camo's great. If you have camo, if you got fancy camo patterns, wear all your fancy camo. 
That's that's the best thing you could do. But brown, tan, earth tones, green, it's all you need. Because you're not usually going to be sitting there in a tree stand waiting for the bear to walk by. Or sitting on the ground waiting for him to walk by. A lot of times, like I said, you're moving, you're glassing, you're trying to get within maybe 150 yards of a bear from altitude in order to get a shot. Now, if you're archery hunting bears, well, that's that's more of an advanced subject, right? Um, I'm not really trying to get into that right here and right now. Archery hunting bears is way more intense and it's a lot more work. Um, but you probably have a lot more experience and that's a whole nother deal. So if you're able to pick your own battleground, pick a battleground and a time where you've got the equipment and the gear in order to hunt that area with that strategy at that time of year and the weather that you want. You shouldn't have to buy anything. If you're traveling, make sure that whatever you're going out to do, you're equipped to do that or you have a plan. You have a workaround. I always recommend if you're traveling and you're going out, take two pairs of boots with you at least. So you can rotate boots. All right. Especially if you don't have really good boots. Because those boots are going to wear your feet. You're going to get sores. You're going to get blisters. If you don't have really good boots, the best thing you can do is rotate your boots. Because every boot is going to wear your foot differently and in different places. And so you could take off a pair of boots that's starting to make your make your feet sore that's starting to give you blisters you can put another pair of boots on and oh you just you just change the world now for your feet change your boots and your socks often right that's that is the pro hack you should never go out two days in a row with the same pair of boots and even if you have really good socks i would still recommend you change your socks at midday that can do wonders for your feet that can do wonders to help you be more comfortable, drier, warmer, and and just have less pain and less issues if you're covering a lot of ground. Now, you're just sitting in a tree stand, it doesn't matter. But if you're hiking 10, 20 miles in a day, change your socks at midday when you stop for lunch or whatever. Whatever socks you have, just have two pairs. And now if you're using cheap junk socks, you probably need to, to do them more often. I may be, may be being a little too hard saying junk socks. Right? Every sock has a purpose, has a situation, has an has a application, has a reason. You know, price point is a reason sometimes. But if you're using, you know, low performance socks, just change them more often and you will still be able to keep going and and, and keep up your stamina and, and your feet and everything else. And then in terms of firearms, so guys, black bear, you don't really need a whole lot more to kill a black bear than you need to kill a deer. All right. You, you, you can really do the job with pretty much any deer caliber. Now I recommend you step up just a little bit, right? So if you, if you, if you're someone that uses a 30, 30 for deer, you know, I'd rather see you with a 308 hunting a bear. If you use to use a 243 for hunting deer, again, I'd rather see you up that somewhere into the 30 calibers. 
but you don't need anything more than a 30 caliber rifle to take down a bear. And of course, you can take down a bear with a 243. I would just rather you just have a little bit more power because chances are you're not going to get 30 and 40 yard shots on bears. You're going to be more like 100 to 200 yard shots. 30 30 is not so good out 200 yards. Even with the new Lever Revolution bullets, which are outstanding. Um, yeah, you might be able to hit it at 200 yards if you practice and you sight it in and you know your aim points, but you're going to just lose a lot of power by the time it gets there because the ballistic coefficient on those bullets is low and they're already not going that fast out of the barrel. So something like a 308 uh, is going to give you more power at that range. It's going to give you just more knockdown power at 200 yards you know, you can hit it with the 30-30 and you might kill it, but how far is it going to go? Are you going to be able to recover it? And will it do enough damage on impact if the shot placement is not great? I think it's harder to get good shot placement on a bear than it is a deer. You rarely have that perfect double lung shot uh, and just most people aren't as aware and familiar with bear anatomy, which then is another thing you need to prepare for. You need to watch some videos look at some photos, do some studying, familiarize yourselves with the right angles, the right locations, the right shot placement, and exactly where you want to put that bullet in order to take down a bear from any which way or angle. So those are things that you really want to keep keep an eye on. Um, but any 30 caliber rifle, save maybe the 30-30, I think is fine for bear at mid-range. Uh, if, you, if you are going to be shooting it within 50 yards, well, 30-30 is going to be just fine. It's going to be just fine. And again, I'm not so worried about not being able to hit it with a 30-30 because the new bullets are quite good, but just having enough power at that range to punch through and knock down a bear quickly. Can it be done? Yes. Do people do it? Sure. Would I recommend it to you only if that's the only gun you have available and you're trying to figure out should you go buy a different gun or just not hunt bears? Well, then, you know what? Take your 30-30, but just try to get closer. Make sure that you know where to aim at those ranges and how far you can hit and, you know, be familiar with the ballistics and, and where what you're able to do at what ranges. So... Um, I'm going to say last thing for preparation is snacks. This is a big one. You have to have food, okay? You can't just you can't just go and it's not like deer hunting. We just, all right, I'm just going to climb into a tree stand and sit there all day and maybe I'll eat something, maybe I won't. Now, some people, they eat the whole time they're hunting no matter what. That's their favorite part of hunting. I can't do that. Uh, I just feel like it's going to cost me too much game. I feel like every time I eat something while I'm in the tree stand or while I'm in the duck blind... Uh, it's just costing me potential opportunities and scaring off game that I didn't know was there and making noise and making smells that, um, you know, just I'll never know the deer ran away. Uh, so I don't, I'm not a big fan of eating while I'm hunting. But when you're doing an all day hunt, you got to eat. But when you're traveling and covering miles and climbing mountains, you have to have food. And you want stuff that is calorie rich, protein rich. They make tons of different meal bars and things like that. 
but if you get sick of meal bars real quick. So you need to take some real food with you. Take sandwiches. Take cheese sticks. Take, you know, things that are calorie rich. And you know, a lot of times if you're out and it's cold, well, it'll stay cold and fine in your pack for the whole day. So you got a refrigerator. It's called the outside. So that can work just fine. If it's a hot day, well, you take jerky. You take other things. Um, you know, you but you gotta have calories and lots of them with you and water. In fact, water may be the heaviest thing in your pack if you're setting out on an all-day moving hunt and you're trying to trying to cover a lot of ground. But the good news is, as you drink it, your pack gets lighter. So as you're getting more tired, your backpack's getting lighter. That's the ideal way for for that to go. But you want to make sure you have ample water, plenty of food. Now, some people, they can eat immediately when they wake up and they head out before dawn. Some people can't. They don't want to. That's fine. It doesn't matter that much about when you eat your first meal. It's just you, you better start eating at some point because you're going to need calories. You're going to be worn out. You're going to get sick. You, especially if you're hunting at altitude, you're even weaker. So you got to think about eating. You don't need super fancy survival food or special hunting food or whatever. But you need to have stuff that you can have all day and take more than you need. Now, don't take 10 pounds more than you need, but take more than you think you're going to need. I've been out hunting, guys, all day, and I've hit mile 10 at noon. And I could not put enough food in my body to, to recover. I ate everything I had. I ate all my power bars. I ate my sandwich, drank my water, and I just sat there in this strange point of semi-exhaustion slash nausea because I just had overexerted beyond the point I was able to refuel and uh, had to just slowly make my way back and then go out and get more food and didn't realize how intense the activity that I was doing really was. So that's something you want to keep in mind also. All right, you got to have enough food. If you're used to just hunting deer in a stand and then you're going to go hiking and covering ground and climbing miles and dealing with altitude to hunt bears, then you're talking about a completely different universe of stuff. The little couples, the, the chips and the couple snacks you brought for deer hunting, those are going to be gone in the first hour. All right, you got to have more than that. And you really want to keep eating even, even if you're not hungry. If you, because if you wait until you're depleted and exhausted, you're just going to throw your system into shock. And you're better off just eating a snack every hour or two, whether you're hungry or not. And when you're in those situations, you know, it's probably better not to have a huge meal. Then you're too full, you're weighed down, it's harder to keep going. So, you know, better to just keep calories coming in the whole time, keep fluids coming in the whole time. And then, of course, preparation physically. If you're going to be hunting like this, you need to make some preparation. You need to get out there. You need to hike. You need to walk. You need to cover ground. You need to get used to doing that. If you never do that or you've never done anything like that, then you need to get out and you need to exercise. That doesn't mean you have to become a jogger. doesn't mean you have to go to the gym and lift weights. But you got to start covering miles. Get out there. Put your boots on. 
Grab a backpack, throw some barbells in it. Don't lift the barbells, just put them in your backpack. So you're used to walking around with weight on your back. And just hike for a couple miles. Walk through your neighborhood. Walk through the city. You don't have to wear camo. Just put some weight on your back. Nobody knows what's in there. Could be books, could be papers, could be water bottles. Just whatever you've got that's going to add some weight and some strain to you. And walk. Cover some miles doesn't have to be every day of the week, but a, you know, time or two a week at least for a while, get used to walking some of those distances and some of those times uh, as you prepare and as you get closer to going so that your body is equipped. It's going to be harder when you're really doing it. I don't care how well you're prepared. Chances are you're not preparing at high altitude. You're not climbing mountains. You're going to be walking on flat terrain, not uneven terrain. You're not going to have the kind of rocks and everything else that you're going to have to deal with when you're actually hunting. But if you do something, you can help your body get ready for a higher level of exertion. You know, you can help your body be prepared to take the next step, which is the actual hunting, because the hunting is just going to be harder. It's going to take more energy. It's going to be more work than your preparation. And no matter how high you prepare, how heavily, the hunting is still going to take more out of you. But you need to prepare. Otherwise, you could just gas out and, and be done by 9 a.m. And you're like, oh man, I flew all the way here. Or I spent all this money or whatever happened. So if you're going to travel, if you're going to go somewhere, if you're going to be covering ground, you need to be ready physically. You need to be ready in terms of your gear. You need to be ready in terms of your planning. And number one thing, of course, out of all of it is scouting. You got to hunt somewhere where there's bears. Okay? It do- None of these other things will matter if there's no bears. So you've got to scout, or your guide's got to scout, or your outfitter needs to scout. Somebody needs to be sure there is bears around here somewhere. Otherwise, why are you doing all this stuff? You're just going to work and spend money, and if there's not even a chance, then why do it? So you got to know, you got to have some reason. If you're just going to travel, you know, take a flight and, and go hunt public land and have done no scouting, oh man, I hate the thought of that. I hate that idea. If you're just going to go by yourself, there's nobody there, you don't have a guide, you're just going to land and go scouting. Guys, I'd recommend take a take a preliminary trip to scout or or make your trip a little longer and just spend the first day or two scouting. Just scouting with a gun on your back just in case. Right? You're not really hunting, you're scouting. You're trying to figure out this land. You're trying to find places where you can hunt. You're trying to learn the lay of the land. Um, you know, that's that's really important. If it now a lot of people they've got somewhere semi close to them. Right, maybe it's a half day drive. Well, drive out there the weekend or two before you plan the hunt and scout. Spend your time scouting so that your time hunting can be productive. You gotta scout. You gotta know where they're bears. Because if you go into an area and there's no bear sign, get out of there. Go to another area. Go to five or ten areas in a day. Just looking for sign, trying to find a place where there are bears to hunt. Because if there's no bears, there's no point. All right? And and if you're wasting your hunting days and your time off and your vacation and all that, and there's no bears even in that area, man, that's a drag. So you need to scout. 
or find somebody who can help you scout or do whatever you need to do to get out there and, and try to figure out, is there any bear opportunities in this area? Where do I hunt? Where can I come in? How do I get to this land? You know, some people fly out to places they've never been. They've got Onyx. They get there like, all right, here's the public land. Well, there's no way to access it. It's surrounded by private land and nobody will let you in. And they're like, oh, what do I do now? Hmm, I got no plan B. Got to have a plan B. You got to have a plan B. And, oh, man, you got to work on that. Make sure you've got options. Make sure that you've thought about that piece of it. You can't just assume there's going to be bears everywhere. You need to know what's in this area or how do I find out or where can I go or if something doesn't work out, how can I salvage this? What's plan C? What's plan D? And, you know, they say preparation is the unfair advantage. No, I, I say preparation makes it possible. All right. That's that's how you can get yourself into a position where taking a bear is possible. And that's by preparing, finding a place, being set up, being able to be out in the conditions that you've got to be in and and having your body not falling apart because you took some time to prepare that in advance too. So guys, I hope this is helpful for you. Make sure you head to the website, newhuntersguide.com for the show notes other information on bear hunting and tons of other episodes on hunting all kind of stuff i'd invite you to go also to itunes leave a five-star review with comment not for my ego but to help the show reach more people and affect the algorithm i really appreciate you guys thank you so much for listening till next time god bless you and go get them in the world